cloudy with a chance of slowdown, we give you the lowdown on the first half of the year and look ahead at what's to come. The private equity market is back in full swing and the Unquote team has been gauging market sentiment. Italian optimism, German caution and Brexit fatigue all feature in this back to school special of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello listener and welcome back to the second season of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. I hope you've all had a good summer. We certainly have here at Unquote. Kicking off with our Italian Private Equity Forum back in July, the team's been travelling all over Europe for business and pleasure, including a trip to visit Argentum in Norway, various southern European holidays and a chance meeting with a London-based placement agent at Helsinki Airport. So, here to chat about the year in private equity so far, and what's to come in the next few months, is Unquote Editor Greg Gill. Welcome back, Greg. Hi, Oscar. And Unquote France and Benelux reporter Francesca Veronese. Welcome back, Fran. Hi, Oscar. Great to be back. So, Greg, I'll come to you first, uh, because you and producer Tim came up with a very interesting cover concept for the September issue. Uh, For anyone that hasn't seen it, the headline is Cloudy with a Chance of Slowdown, and it's accompanied by some nice pictures of storm clouds. Um, so could, if, could you talk us through the symbolism here and, and kind of what it says about the current state of European PE, Greg? Uh, yeah, sure. I think what's, uh, what's missing here and uh, for people that have seen the cover is a little bit of sun sort of peeking through the clouds. It's a beautiful picture. It's all uh, very poetic. Uh, no, but I think overall the... What we wanted to do with with that cover story is um, is just go back on activity in the first half across deal making and fundraising and across Europe, uh, but more importantly, kind of gauge expectations in the market for for what's to come in the coming month. And I think that's going to be massively anticlimactic. But it, the message isn't particularly new. I think it's just confirming some trends that have been evident for some time, and the whole concept of just it being a sort of clouds on the horizon um, is the fact that if you look at the stats when it comes to deal making in the first half uh, there's definitely been a bit of a slowdown. Um, Is that sort of the case across the board or is there a bit of geographical variation I mean are we seeing storm clouds particularly in in certain areas? Yeah yeah so if we start with the headline stats um, I think volume across Europe was down about 10% uh, compared to the second half of last year uh, which is, you know, starts to be a little bit noticeable. Um, and that's actually the, uh, the the lowest level since, I think, the second half of 2016. But, and that's also kind of part of the, the sunshine going through the clouds there, is that it's still higher than it was, you know, for the three years prior to 2016, I think. So it's not as if it's been a complete kind of drop-off and, uh, and you know, everyone's just panicking. Uh, but there's certainly been more of a more of a drop in certain geographies so the uk perhaps unsurprisingly uh i, I think the drop is closer to 15 maybe 18 percent but on the other hand and, and we'll come back to that later uh you know france and that region have been quite resilient um so there's there's definitely pockets of of interest um throughout and how about if we look at like fundraising yeah yeah so um in terms of fundraising it's a little bit of the same and uh on the face of it, the first half was actually quite good, um, that, especially in terms of aggregate value. Uh, that was really impressive. I, um, yeah, if we look if we look at fundraising, um, the first half was, on the face of it, quite impressive because uh, aggregate value in particular was really strong. And that came after the second half last year, which was, you know, where I think people were starting to question, is that the end of that window of fundraising? Um, so on the face of it, well, no, it isn't. It seems to have rebounded quite nicely. But again, what are the clouds there? The clouds are that um, it's been driven by a lot of really large fundraisers. 
and it's just and we've talked about that uh, in the first season of the pod uh, the bifurcation is quite drastic and uh, that'll come through in uh, in the interview that we did with Merrick later um, so there again I think what LPs are mostly worried about is that disconnect between the amounts that are still being raised albeit by you know a limited number of funds and and the deployment that as as, as we've said it has just been slowing down and isn't ex- necessarily expected to pick up because if you, that's more anecdotal but if you talk to people in the market um I, I think the the theme that comes back quite often is the quality dropping off in terms of processes underway uh, and that's across the board. People, it's not so much that there's um, there's less appetite to do deals. It's just that what people see isn't necessarily uh, what they would expect. And if they do see something good, the prices are, you know, can be really tough to swallow. Yeah, interesting. Well, we'll have to wait and see whether those storm clouds end up bursting. Uh, fingers crossed for that one. Uh, just to get back into the theme of geographical variation a little bit, um, and a good time to bring you into the conversation, Fran. You've obviously just written two excellent H1 reviews for France and the Benelux region. Um, so starting with France, then, uh, if you could just briefly kind of summarise your piece for our listeners. Yes, of course. Um, so actually, um, French buyout activity has remained um, strong in the first half of the year. Um, it closely mirrored um, performance during H2 last year. So in both halves, we had um, around 100 deals completed um, uh, and an aggregate value um, of around 13 billion euros. Um, However, H1 2019 um, fell short of the corresponding period in 2018. So in in that half, we had 120 buyouts uh, recorded with uh, 20 billion um, in aggregate value. Uh, And this was mainly driven by a number of large cap deals. And uh, for this uh, first half of this year, we also had a slight slowdown um, in the mid-market. Um, so 64 transactions uh, worth a total of um, under 6 billion. Uh, and the both halves in 2018 had a volume of more than 70 deals with an aggregate value of more than 7 billion. Um, it seems that pricing is remaining um, stable um, in the first half of the year. Um, I'll bite still at a high level. Um, so why have things slowed down in France? Um, I've, um, so what I'm hearing from people is that several factors are at play. Um, P lost um, out to corporate buyers on more deals than usual. Um, and this is also reflected in the exit figures because we have uh, a rise um, in trade sales. And on the other and SBOs have fallen. Um, and on top of strategic buyers, we also have a new kind of competition coming around. Um, so it's the infra funds. Um, so sources are telling that um, a few new players are around and they, they're eyeing deals that in the past were traditionally backed by PE. So for example, we have um, 3i infrastructure um, buying uh, Yonazos and um, that's a coal sterilization provider. And um, and also um, I squared buying a dummy DEP, a nursing homes pr- operator. So new competition <laughs> on the buyout side, and having said this, they also provide uh, really good exit opportunities. So. so it sounds like France is uh, pretty much in line with the broader European picture, but how about the Benelux region? The Benelux region um, overall is uh, having a similar performance to, to last year. Um, so buyout activity um, in H1 is very similar to uh, what's seen in H2 uh, 2018. So we, we had uh, around, 50, um, around 50 deals. And actually, volume is quite up comparing to um, H2 2018. 
Um, so we've had 11 billion uh, value. And this is largely due to um, a, a very good performance in the large cap space. Yeah, how many deals was it? You, you were telling me earlier, how many deals over 500 million? Uh, so yes, yeah, so we had five deals. Um, and that was, for example, KKR investing in Exact Software, HG in Transip uh, Group, and Eurozio um, backing the um, Dutch um, Ophthalmic Research Centre, which was the first Dutch deal of Eurozio. Um, so, you know, once again, the Benelux region has uh, proven it is a large cap champion, uh, similarly to the exploit in uh, H1 2018. Sure. Um, How about the mid-market? So the mid-market is um, busy. Um, it seems sources are saying that um, the competition is uh, becoming um, difficult and to the point that um, it basically prices are getting really high and it's to the point it has some detrimental effect on some processes. Okay, interesting. Um, so you mean that the pricing expectations are so high that the process ends up getting abandoned? Yes, other that, or even sometimes GPs offer to pay high prices to obtain exclusivity on their bid letters. Uh, but when, then when concluding the deal, these valuations can be hard to sustain um, and the auction is sometimes aborted. So yeah, th- you know, situations like this are happening, yeah. Okay, interesting. I'm going to have to cut you off just there, Fran, because uh, we need to uh, go to the break. Um, but if anyone wants to read more about the Benelux region, they can read it in the H1 Review Leader in September issue of the magazine. Um, so we're going to be back later to talk about some other regions. First, we're just going to get some expert insight. Uh, Greg has recently interviewed Aberdeen Standards' Merrick Mackay to get his thoughts on the year so far. And we'll be back with that interview after this. It is my great pleasure to be joined today on the phone uh, by Merrick Mackay from Aberdeen Steden Investments. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today, Merrick. Pleasure. So we took advantage of the summer lull to uh, to crunch the numbers on Encore Data, and it seems like the pace of private equity-backed buyouts in Europe uh, slowed in the first half, uh, especially when we look at aggregate value. And we've got Equistone's Steve O'Hare describing it as a reversion to a more normal footing after two very strong years in 2017 and 2018. Would you agree with that view, or do you think it's possible we're seeing the, the beginning of a more dramatic slowdown? Yeah, so uh, firstly, I think the um, the uh, we, we've we've seen a similar slowdown um, in uh, in deal flow uh, within the managers that we back. Um, I'm not sure I'd describe it as a reversion to a more normal footing in the sense that um, you know we we, we completely agree with the view that uh, there is a long term you know, secular growth in, in private markets generally and private equity in, in particular. So there is this gradual. Uh, um, upward movement, which uh, I wouldn't say you're going back to a necessarily normal footing. Having said all of that, um, over the past few years, that uh, the level it certainly felt above um, what that line would ordinarily be. Uh, so, um, in terms of uh, whether we're seeing the beginning of a more dramatic slowdown, I wouldn't uh, go so far as to say that I think it's too too early to tell. Um, I mean, one of the things that we, amongst many, have, have assumed that there will be some. Uh, dramatic uh, slowdown at some point. Uh, you know, we're only sort of one one crisis away from from something happening there. But I think the other way to look at it is, um, and we'll talk about fundraising. I'm, I'm sure there's been so much money raised, and the private equity uh, private equity does feed on itself to some extent. So there's a lot of dry powder um, uh, to be put to work. So uh, I think it's it, 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 difficult to say at this point. Um, I think if this 
went into uh, the next you know, into the next year um, that, that that could suggest something. I mean, one of the other things that we look at um, is certainly you know, things that, that are on uh, people's mind from a European perspective at the moment, clearly Brexit uh, and what that could mean, and not just in the UK context, but that has a, a very uh, significant knock-on impact uh, to um, to European um, companies. And then, of course, uh, there's always political issues somewhere. We've got Germany uh, you know, having a serious slowdown, a political challenge in Italy and the like. Yeah, there definitely were uh, interesting regional differences that, that sort of jumped out uh, from the stats when, when we looked at them. Um, and actually, the, perhaps the, the most obvious one was uh, the UK for um, obviously not, not surprising reasons. Um, that's where the slowdown was the most evident. From an LP perspective, how do you approach the country at the moment? And are there specific sectors or strategies that you think be better insulated from the current difficulties? I think it's very difficult to tell. Um, you know, we, as a market, clearly we know very, very well. And GPs we talk to have always got a very cogent reason as to sectors they're looking in, you know, are, are likely to be impacted less by what happens. I think, I think it's really into the too difficult to tell bucket. It's a bit, I mean, it's, you may be able to form a view on what a first order impact of Brexit uh, could be. And again, you know, the, the range of outcomes there is, is pretty significant, but very difficult afterwards to then look at, well, yes, but what about, you know, it's all, all very well to say, well, this customer uh, this sector shouldn't be impacted, but what about the customers of those customers and the like? So I think from an LP perspective, we're in the, the very fortunate position of not having to make that call. I think we, you know, we view uh, the UK as being a very positive um, private equity environment, it has been for many, many years and will continue to be so, despite actually some some short-term challenges now. I think that you know, the, the last thing you'd want to do is is is, is uh, you know move away from it when clearly you know, uh, it could be a very good buying environment in the future. Our, our view as an LP uh, is, is to make sure that we're we're staying um, uh, you know cons consistently exposed uh, despite what may happen uh, happen in the, in the short term. Oh, absolutely. And and if we look uh, not necessarily at, at the stats, uh, not the, the headline figures, but if we look at specific instances in the first half, both on the uh, deal-making side and the fundraising side, there were some tremendous success stories as well. I think it's also it's also interesting to see how how other LPs view it. So if I were to give some 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 sort of gross uh, characterizations, I think we certainly see. More continental-based LPs have a have a, a more negative view on the UK uh, private equity market uh, and, and, and GPs than, for instance, US um, uh, LPs. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And, and if we go back to fundraising for for a minute, um, we did see that uh, the fundraising environment was actually fairly healthy in the first half, if we look at the stats, uh, especially in terms of the aggregate value of, of fund closes. So basically, the overall amount of capital that, that was poured into uh, European funds or, or funds targeting Europe. Why do you think macroeconomic factors have not affected fundraising in, in the same way that they've impacted deal figures? And do you see a correction coming on the fundraising side if deployment continues to lag? There's quite a few things tied up in that in that question. I mean, the first thing I'd say is that the you know I think the major reason that uh, the fundraising environment has been so positive is uh, investors have uh, you know, seen the returns that private equity has generated in a low growth environment. When they look at what the uh, listed markets are likely to do, they would uh, expect to see private equity. Um, outperform that over the long term 
once you take the liquidity away, uh, away from it. So I think that's that, that's that's issue number one. Secondly, um, so much money has come back from it. There's been looking to you know to, to redeploy that. So um, and then we've seen uh, GPs absolutely take advantage of such a positive fundraising environment. So people come back, they have deployed their previous fund far more quickly than they than they have thought. They've used that ex- uh, uh, that excuse and the fact that they're seeing larger deals uh, mean they've gone back and raised um, larger funds uh, as a result. Uh, it makes it very difficult for us as an LP, but um, but I put myself in the shoes of a, G- a GP, you know, fill your boots what, 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 whilst you can. Uh, but I think, uh, so it goes, it goes back to this point, there is, a, I think, a huge amount of dry powder um, uh, looking, to be, looking to be deployed. I think when we look at the, you know, just about everyone who can, who can raise funds has been back to the market uh, more quickly. So I think there's still a few big funds uh, and, and mid-sized funds that would be expecting to um, uh, raise for the rest of the remainder of this year and into the next year. But I have to say after that, uh, either there would be an even faster rate, um, uh, rate of deployment beyond, beyond that, which I, I, I can't see happening, but I'd expect that there that, to be quite a, um, a slowdown uh, because simply everyone has raised uh, when, when they could. Oh, we've definitely seen a, a high level of bifurcation in the market, and not just in the first half, but if we go back uh, even a couple of years, uh, between and usually it's between uh, sort of la- very large funds uh, raised by uh, brand name GPs and, and perhaps smaller vehicles um, raised by less established players. Uh, that said, if we look at the mid-market space, is is that still an area of the market that that interests you as an LP, and where do you see um, where you see a lot of opportunities going ahead? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would agree, though, that there is a particular premium uh, for the larger brand name funds uh, that that LPs uh, play, will place on that. I think they have, and and, and for instance, um, that people have probably got more comfortable with a, a significantly larger fund being deployed and going into adjacent, adjacent strategies than they would be on an emerging manager. So we're definitely seeing that. But I, I think we're seeing a lot of, a lot of, um, sort of brand name or highly regarded smaller funds uh, being, being, raised as, being raised as well. I think the, big, the biggest challenge anyone has is, is if, they have, if they have some issues they need to explain, that's caused, I think, uh, um, a lot of people to, uh, that, that's where there's been a bifurcation. And one could argue whether those challenges are a good thing or a bad thing, but um, uh, you've seen that. But I think, you know, from our perspective within Europe, and, you know, we invest right across the spectrum into, into the, the larger brand names of certain strategies, but, but it's certainly into emerging uh, managers strategies as well. And, you know, I've, I've uh, have seen, uh, you know, some great names emerge and then very, you know, very pleased with the, um, the commitments were made uh, more recently into that, that, that part. Okay, and, and perhaps as a bit of a, a parting question, uh, we might have been uh, overly negative or perhaps focusing on, on some trends that uh, are not necessarily the most reassuring for European private equity. But if we look at the overall picture across you know, primary, secondaries, uh, and across the various market segments that you cover, um, what's your take on the next you know, 12 to 24 months? How, how confident are you in the market? So I think we're we're very uh, very pleased with the pipeline of opportunities that we've got. So we've got that pretty pretty well mapped out, and again, one of the advantages we have as, as an LP and, and having been in the market for as long as we have. Uh, are we concerned about the, about the deployment? Yes, I think I think I think we are with that because 
Um, as, as I said before, uh, a lot of GPs have raised funds on the assumption that it would be deployed at a similar rate to what they have been at, in a period of time where deployment has been, been very high. And if that doesn't continue, uh, it will mean uh, from, from a returns perspective that uh, well, either, either money will be put to work where, where, where it perhaps shouldn't be and, and returns will be hit, uh, that uh, they'll need longer to uh, to, to invest uh, with uh, gross net spread. So I think that, that that's the concern we have, the, the, uh, um, the, the assumptions of continued high deployment, uh, if that breaks down, then that there will be, a, I think, a you know, significant uh, uh, impact on the market. Well, plenty of interesting takeaways here. Um, thank you very much for being with us today, Merrick. A pleasure to speak to you as always, and I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Hey, thanks. That was Aberdeen Standard's Merrick Mackay. Uh, good to hear from Merrick and get an LP's perspective on some of the themes that we've been discussing. And for the second part of this podcast, I've actually changed up the panel. Uh, so let me just welcome back Alessia Argentieri, who's here to talk about Southern Europe. Hi, Alessia. Hi. And Catherine Hidalgo, who's replaced Features Editor and Podcast co-host Kenny Wastel as Unquotes UK correspondent. Welcome back, Kat. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for having me. So, Kat, I won't put you on the spot and ask you about Brexit on your first podcast as UK reporter. Uh, but I will ask you, since you were covering the DAC region before, have you found the kind of general mood and outlook of the people you've spoken to has differed in those two regions kind of since you changed over? Uh, well, it's interesting, Oscar, because actually uh, I haven't seen too much of a difference in the mood in the market participants that I've been speaking to in each country. So we think that it's all kind of doom and gloom in, in, um, in England because of the political uncertainty and Brexit. Um, and everything else that's going on. But actually, uh, DAC market participants aren't too happy themselves. Despite the fact that deal flow has remained fairly normal in, in the DAC region over the last half year, uh, they seem to be very worried about the current economic climate. Um, so funnily enough, the, uh, the, the mood isn't actually too different. Yeah, fair enough. Germans being very cautious. I think there might be a stereotype about that. Um, but anyway, um, so thanks for that, Kat. Just to move on, Alessia, you wrote a very interesting review of Southern Europe uh, for the most recent magazine. And I was particularly struck by this idea that a slowdown might not actually be bad news for the mid-market GPs. Uh, can you explain that a bit for our listeners and give us a bit of a rundown? Uh, yes. Uh, well, in countries like Italy and Spain, where the mid-market is the core of the local economy and is also mainly composed of family-owned businesses, uh, higher levels of uncertainty can induce families to speed up strategic decision and put their companies on the market. So that's why, according to some local mid-market dedicated GPs, a slowdown is not necessarily bad news and might even contribute to increasing the um, assets on the market. Um, and in addition to this, uh, it's important also to highlight that the region held up relatively well in the first half of the year, despite political uncertainty, especially in Italy, and fear of an imminent downturn. And the mid-market specifically performed pretty well, with 46 buyouts worth an aggregate, aggregate value of 3.7 billion euros, which is only slightly less than the first half of 2018. And also market sentiment seems quite positive. Uh, the upcoming pipeline appears rich. So um, overall, uh, we are po- probably back at less extraordinary and less atypical figures uh, compared to a record year like 2018. But it doesn't mean that uh, we are at the beginning of a slowdown in the region, uh, which is um, actually has been very active and has recorded strong deal flow so far. 
Yeah, so uh, similar to the sentiments expressed uh, by Merrick Mackay and uh, by Greg earlier in the podcast, it seems like the picture in Southern Europe is similar to the rest of Europe. In fact, maybe, as you're saying, a little bit less depressed uh, in terms of deal flow so far. Um, so that's really interesting. And that, that's all from us this week. Um, please do subscribe to the Unquote Private Equity podcast on iTunes or on Spotify. Or, of course, you can continue listening through our website, unquote.com. Uh, thanks very much to my panel to Merrick Mackay and to you too listener we will speak to you soon